Welcome to this edition of the Gateway Podcast. Thanks for connecting with us. To discover more about our faith community, feel free to visit our website, gatewaychurch.org.nz. May this message be an encouragement to you. Last week we began our 2023 Advent series by stating that one of the main messages, if not the most important, of the Christmas story is the wonderful reality that because of what happened over 2,000 years ago, we now have Emmanuel, God with us, which we call the witness of God. God is truly with us. We boldly declared that uh, Christianity is truly unique. The world religions have certain common traits in common, but until the gospel of Jesus Christ burst onto the Mediterranean world, no one in the history of humanity or in human imagination had conceived of such a thing as the worship of a crucified man. The early Christian preaching announced the entrance of God upon the stage of history in the person of an itinerant Jewish teacher who had been ingloriously ingloriously pinned up alongside two of society's outcasts to die horribly rejected and condemned by religious and secular authorities alike. The peculiarity of the beginning of a world-transforming faith is not sufficiently, I believe, acknowledged. Too often today, with all the stuff that goes on in news and social media, etc., too often Christians are lulled into thinking that our faith is one of many. We know that it's different, that we know we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but we can just think that we are a major world religion. But actually, Christianity is oddly irreligious at its core. It breaks all the norms. It is wonderfully unique. The witness of God is truly remarkable, unique and standalone. And with this to the fore, we looked at the reality that we now know that we have God with us. And last week, we looked at the peace of God. And tonight, I want us to look at the love of God that we all know so much about, but it's such good time of the year to remind us of the reality. So I want to read from John's prologue, that is John's gospel, chapter one. And it says these words, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received and all who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified this to this and cried out, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. 
The Gospel of John is the only Christmas, the only Gospel that doesn't have the traditional Gospel narrative in it. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all do, but John does something different. Instead, John starts way back at the beginning, if not the before creation, and quickly but poetically starts telling us about the beginning of creation. Quickly, he tells us that the beginning of creation all comes about because of the Word of God, that the, that the Word of God, Jesus, was there before the beginning of time, and everything happens that has ever happened or will happen, happens because of Him. And with this focus, John opens the door for us to think broadly and widely about what is happening at Christmas. The world, the Word became flesh and lived among us. The Word is not simply the baby Jesus, cute and cuddly. It is far more dynamic, than, huge than that just that one scene. This Word, the Word of God, Jesus, is the animating principle of the whole universe, the reason for all things. The Word made flesh in light that it cannot be overcome by darkness. The Word made flesh is love itself. Many times the story gets told in a way that sets Jesus up as a repairman. It goes something like this. God made the world, world, God said it was good. People, more specifically, Adam and Eve messed up and screwed everything up, and we have a real mess on our hands. But no, don't fear, God loves us, so he sent his handyman repair man, Jesus, to the rescue. So the only way to fix it was from the inside. And so God's only son became human to take on all the brokenness and save us from ourselves. And we celebrate the gift of God's repayman, Jesus, at Christmas time because he will save us from ourselves. Now, there's nothing really wrong in this account, well, in part. It is a story that has been told by many for generations, and there is truth to be held from it or taken from it. But in John's prologue especially, and with other passages of Scripture, we find a completely fuller, more magnificent, much wider story that involves the Christmas that makes us think more wonderfully about the whole thing. You see, God made the world and imbued it with love and light. The love that God put into creation was so powerful that love itself became human. Love became human for this reason, because God is love. God is love, and that is what love does. Love needs to express itself. Love chooses to have relationship, and God has loved itself, God loved himself into a relationship with you and I. Love is a force that casts out darkness, but the darkness did not and does not compel God to act. God did not have to act because mankind had sinned and fallen. He didn't have to send his repairman to sort it out. God did something about it because he is love. Darkness, as I said, did not have control over God. It had no sway over him at all, and it could, did not require God to act. Far from it. But this love, this God whom we worship, his love does not choose to ignore us. He could not choose to ignore us. He could not choose to ignore our hurt and brokenness. It stands with us in the valley of the shadow of death and does not abandon us. 
God loved himself into relationship with us. That is so magnificent that sometimes we need to remind ourselves of how incredibly awesome it is. And it, it loves us even when we can't see any light at all. And when we even start to believe that darkness has won and overcome. God's incarnation is about God's present, God with us, Emmanuel. And we just sometimes need to stop and imagine the splendor of it all. It's about love. There's a lot of critique about God's love as being some kind, weak, nostalgic idea. But love with God, it's not an idea. It's a person. Love is a power. Love is a verb. Love is not just a silly, sentimental thing. Love is a present, an action that makes a difference. Christmas is about God deciding to become flesh in Jesus Christ. The incarnation is perhaps far less about us escaping from this mortal reality that we come to Jesus, we get saved, and one day that we will be with him. That's not really what this whole story about is, is about, but it is God coming down to earth in the person of Jesus and making himself known and real to us. This is not about escape. This is about the full engagement and involvement of God with us, his people. Question, is there anyone you love that you do not want to be close to? Is there anyone that you love, truly love, that you don't want to be close to, to spend time with, to know more fully, to celebrate with, and even grieve when they hurt? To love fully is to do all of these things, real decisions with real consequences in real time. You see, and Christmas is the celebration of a God who became flesh and lived among us because he wanted to do in order to fully love us and make his love fully known. It was as if, this isn't quite technically right, but he loves us so much that he had to do something about it. That's who he is, that's who his nature. You see, the gift of God in Jesus Christ is a gift we celebrate at Christmas because we received the gift of unconditional love. Every single one of us, no matter of our condition, our affliction or disposition, Every single one of us is God's beloved, made worthy because of who he is. Not worthy because of our own goodness, but worthy because the word became flesh and comes to love us. No matter whether we are sick or healthy, rich or poor, powerful or meek, young or old. The truly wonderful love of God. The incarnation is a gift of love that opens the door to view all of creation as a gift. The God of love walks amongst us as a lover of his creation rather than only a fixer or a repairman of broken things. Christ comes as the lover of creation, means every day brings new opportunities to wonder, to be full of joy, to be thankful, to be full of awe of who he is and what he has done for us and where he has placed us. With a God who comes among us to bless all of creation as loved and precious. By taking on flesh, we are asked to open our eyes to see his love afresh this Advent season. Can you therefore glimpse the beloved of God around you? Right now, your family, your friends, your spouse, 
your closest friends, gifts from God who loves you. Or maybe for you it's a, a sunset over Ragland or at the Mount. Or maybe it's a child smiling and cooing softly in their mother's arms. We're in the thin places of this world for you. Do you encounter the majesty and the wonder and the awesome, but above all, the love of God? Despite the busyness of life, do you find incarnational experiences of the lover of creation and the lover of your soul? Even in the dark places of the world, the incarnation is good news. Walking through dark valleys of loneliness, sickness, persecution, or relationship challenges with the maker and lover of creation who has taken on flesh in, and he is at our side and we th are therefore never alone. You see, this Christ, this lover of our soul, this manifest love of God, he knows the darkness. There is no darkness that he does not know, but the darkness shall not overcome. Perhaps this truth is a comfort right now to you today, wherever you find yourself, whatever situation you find yourself. If we can allow ourselves to be truly loved of God, even in our darkest moments, nurtured by the one who took on our creatureliness just to be with us. Christmas, what a wonderful, wonderful love story. The birth of Christ that we celebrate this Advent brings us a God that doesn't beckon us to escape this world. He's not trying to call us out in that sense. The incarnation is the surest sign of all that we have a God that longs for us to engage deeply in the world around us because he proved this in his own engagement with the world by becoming flesh. He does not want us to be escape artists and just try to get through life and escape from the realities around us. He wants us to be involved. He wants us to be people of love, unconditional love, who reflect what he did when he became flesh. So tonight, let yourself be loved. Listen every day of your incarnation with Christ. Breathe and know that you are beloved of God and bear witness to the whole of creation, singing out to the heavens in delight for the one who walks with light and love amongst us to spread joy and love and peace. You know, you say, Chris, why get so excited? This is just another Christmas. Well, simply because sometimes we need to be reminded of what Christmas is all about, the awesomeness and wonder of God incarnate, God with us, and he made his love known to us. Was it perhaps 35 years ago, there was a very popular song entitled From a Distance, made famous by a lady called Bette Midler, who, unless you're over 40, you won't remember that song at all. But if you are under 40, go and ask your parents or your grandmother, and they can probably sing it. The song talks about how from a distance, the writer says that the world looks beautiful. People look like they're getting along and everything seems to be working in harmony. And the, and the chorus of the song, after painting this picture of everything going quite well, says these words, and God is watching us, God is watching us from a distance. Maybe tonight, if we are truly honest with ourselves, perhaps this is how some of us see God. Both people here in the church, some of us here tonight, and people also who don't want anything at all to do with the church. Is God watching us from a distance? I think a lot of people would say that this is how they see him very often. 
And that's the perception of him. And from this perspective, God is disconnected from reality, hard to relate to, and definitely only to be consulted when absolutely necessary. For others, this concept of God watching at a distance is at the core of their resistance to God, their resistance to God, to Christianity, to church and religion, in fact, all of it. Because what good is a God who watches from a distance but doesn't step in and change anything? What good, is, what good is a God who watches from a distance and lets people do awful things to each other? If God is even watching from a distance, these people say, God's got nothing for me. And both of these perspectives, whether we as Christians find God at a distance and that's how we see him, or maybe we've, we just know people who don't really believe that God is interested, I think cause a problematic view of God, for in both scenarios, God is seen as watching from a distance rather than being intimately involved in the hearts and souls of humanity, which Christmas tells us he is. Because we know, after all, when we look around the world, that the world may look good from a distance, but at the ground level here on earth, the terra firma for you and me today, it's not so good. On the ground level, pollution and garbage are destroying this beautiful blue and green planet. Is God interested? I believe he is. On the ground level, war and violence are destroying communities across the world and they're destroying countries. On a ground level, a variety of influences result in the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. On the ground level, good people get bad diseases and people die too early. On the ground level, let's just say the world is not as it seems, perhaps, from the writer of the song. Which begs the question, what does this mean about God? Is God watching us from a distance? Is God disconnected from the chaos and the crisis of our lives, waiting for us to make our own way through it? Is God really somewhere out there over the rainbow, unaffected and uninvolved in humanity? We know that Christmas tells us a completely different story. So we gather today to remind ourselves of a different image of a living God, not of a God who watches the world from a distance, but a God who breaks into a world with a proclamation, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for the whole of creation. Today we sing songs and read passages from scripture that speak of truly Emmanuel with us, not from a distance, but in the form of a baby, the God of the universe who could have remained at a distance and left us to our own devices, but who chose, who chose to take on the form of a man and make his dwelling amongst us, not in a castle or in a palace, but in a stable surrounded by an unwed mother and her fiancé, with lowly shepherds and foreign astrologers as the first visitors. This is, a, this is not a God who is disconnected, but it is a God who is smack dab in the middle of everyday, ordinary people's life messes and situation. Today we encounter a God who enters the messiness of the world for the sake of reconciliation and redemption. Why would, do, why would God do this? Because he loves us. But more than because God loves us, the Bible tells us that God is love. God didn't just do the love thing but the very essence of God is true 
unromantic, untainted, unconditional love. And you know, as humans, we try to love and we often fail. But he is love. And love doesn't stay at a distance from those whom we love. The overarching story of Christmas is that love has come down in the form of a tiny baby, that love is here in the midst of the messiness and darkness of what we've made our world to be, and that love will never leave us nor forsake us. And this love will spare no expense to draw you and me to itself. This love would pour itself on the world, out on the world, even if you were the only person left. But I would like to suggest then, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be his manifest presence, as it were, in the world. He wants us to be conduits of love. Whatever our experience is or our thoughts of God are on the love of God, I think that one of the biggest challenges that flows out of Christmas is that the God whom we love and the God who loves us calls us to be givers of love into the environment and to the world that we find ourselves in. I think that we would all agree that a called out people, a church that loves, genuinely loves, is better off than a called out people, a church that stays entrenched in self and isolation and does not get involved in a hurting world. I believe that we have, as a consequence of the Christ Christmas story, no choice but to love those around us. No choice but to get involved in the lives of people around us. Not in a busybody sense, but in a, a genuine concern for the people that we work with, live next to, even share a flat with. And, and this is the core of what Jesus says. Just to embrace and reflect and enjoy the love of God that comes to us as a, at Christmas, there is an outworking of this. And of course, this is Jesus' core message. And he says, I am giving you a new commandment to you now. Love each other just as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world you are my disciples. You see, when we get it right, when we follow that urge to care about someone, or when we take a risk that puts us closer into a relationship with other people that perhaps we don't necessarily get on or with, or don't want to work with, or maybe if I say this, don't even like, but we know that we need to get closer to them because of what God has done for us. We are experiencing the outwork, outworking and the presence of God in our life. When we love in a way that transforms both us and others, we experience the very presence of God on earth. Not in thunderbolts from a God who watches from a distance, but in all the significant and insignificant ways we embrace our humanity, when we do so in love, we demonstrate that love of God. And this is the message I hope we all hear today, this Advent, that first, that we are worthy of his love, not because of anything that you or I have done, but because of Jesus. No matter who you are, no matter what we've done, not, doesn't even matter what year you've had or what you have been like this year. You may not have been the best of yourself this last year, but you are still worthy of his love and his kindness and of his redemption because it's an unconditional love. You're worthy of that love that heals and restores. You're worthy of love that casts out fear because he has made us worthy. 
Secondly, I hope we hear that this baby born in Bethlehem in obscure circumstances and visited by the most unlikely band of visitors is this love, that we don't rush through the Christmas thinking that we know it, but this Bible is the very essence of God made flesh who made his dwelling not on a distant cloud somewhere in outer space, but right in the midst of humanity. Why? Because God is love. He is that love, and he loves you and me, and he wants to be in a deeper and deeper relationship with each and every one of us. He wants us to take time in this season and in every season of our life to stop and ponder and receive and bask in and enjoy the fact that we are loved and chosen. Irrespective of what we are going through, his love is towards us. And, today, and so today, regardless of our reasoning for being here and regardless of how much credit we give to the whole God thing, know that you are loved. You know, we have a helpless baby growing up and living amongst us. And we have a, tang and we have a tangible example of God who is not watching from a distance, but is with us and suffering alongside us. Well, why? It is because he loves us. And I would encourage each and every one of us this season that we put into real, real practice some of the stuff that we know to be true, that we're not too busy to reach out in love to others, maybe not in the big things, the, the largesse, the crazy things, the, the big actions, but maybe in the little actions of our life that we prove to other people that there is a God who loves them and that we are the conduit for this. You know, Christmas is all about the little things. It's a pretty major event that Jesus Christ, but otherwise, it's about the little things, the little town of Bethlehem, the tiny stable where Jesus was born, and it was a tiny cave indeed. The small group of shepherds who were witnesses and the small but significant gifts of the Magi. May I suggest that as we look to reflect back, to show and demonstrate to those around us something of his love that he has made known to us that the answer this Christmas may be to do the little things that love people. Love is feeding the hungry, taking time to engage our neighbor, taking time to engage that person that nobody else really wants much time, much to do with. Love and taking time to forgive someone that you need to forgive and really mean it. Love is welcoming the refugees and the displaced. Love is being generous and kind and preferring others. Sometimes this love and demonstrating the love of God is not so mysterious, not so mystical, not so weird. It is actually very, very practical. I just want to close this evening by reading to you a poem. And maybe the musicians could come up as I, I do this, please. It says, it's written by an old friend of mine, and it says, it's entitled, Nothing Can Ever Be the Same Again. He arrived unnoticed by most people a small, wrinkled baby like any other, cooed over by his father, suckled by his mother. The pain of his arrival was the same, the anxious wait for the beginning of his story, worried about by Joseph, longed for by Mary. Just another child born in Bethlehem, the landlord thought, as he heard the news. New parents learning the ropes, he thought, but he didn't see the lit fuse. The fuse that changes everything. The fuse that made the angels sing, 
the fuse that made the Magi bring their gifts to his feet. Because here in the filth of a stable, the Creator is held in a cradle. The one who flung stars into space has a squished, vernixed face. The fuse, you see, is incarnation. God is here for all to see. Deity with skin on for you and me. Hope with hands, love with legs, compassion with eyes. This is what life looks like, and nothing can ever be the same again. Time split by this moment. Promises become old and new here. Governments topple and fall in the light of this simple event. For this is the moment when the sun was sent. This is the moment when the light comes on. This is the moment when the darkness shook. This is the moment when the flag was unfurled. This is the moment that changes the world. This is the moment that changes me. This is, changes you. This is the moment that changes me. Because of this moment, the blind can see. In the power of this moment, the captives are freed. In the strength of this moment, the, the poor are embraced. Because this is the moment when we see his face. God is here. Not there, here. Not absent, present. Not distance, close. Not detached, connected. This is not plan B. This is plan A. This is... This was always going to be the way. God, too far away for us to understand, comes in us, comes into us here, just as he planned, and lets us see that he cares. That is why he is there, and that is why he is there, here. Standing in the shadows of the candlelight, he offers us hope and light and love this December night. Hope and love for today, hope and love for now, hope and love for always. Hope and love for all. Hope and love for you. So as we close, it is about the incredible love that we see in the person of Christ who ultimately will be walking into death with us and for us and then defeating death through the power of his resurrection and one day coming a second time for us. You see, the message of the angels is a message for us. Love is here. It is not somewhere off in the distance. God is love, and he will never leave us, nor forsake us. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about our faith community, feel free to visit our website, gatewaychurch.org.nz.